Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on HyperClean Marshall on Instagram, or if you're on Facebook, HyperClean Specialist is where we're hanging out. Best place to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Joined today by Greg and Sean talking about industry vibes. And uh, Greg can be reached on most platforms at Masterson's Wax. But if you're on uh, TikTok, Masterson's Car Care, best way to get in touch, 562-335-2053. And Sean is with Orbis X, and you can find him at Orbis X Inc. on most platforms, Specifically, though, on Facebook is where he likes to hang out. And uh, best way to get in touch is shoot him an email, sean at orbisx.ca. And uh, I am jiving into jiving. I'm not sure what that is. We've been jiving earlier, having a lot of fun before we hit record. Maybe that's what it is. I'm diving into another Oktoberfest. And nice. this is from the Great Divide. Uh, this is oh, the Great Divide Haas Lager. So uh, I don't know if... If uh, if you get much of those type of people over there in California, there, Greg, but I guarantee you, this type of guy's up in uh, Canada with his. Oh, he's got a he's got five a, of my he, uncles. Yeah, five of my he, uncles. Look he's ready to cut some logs and be up there being manly. <laughs> Beer and rattlesnakes. <laughs> Beer and rattlesnakes. All right, so Greg, we need an update, man. We're really curious. Uh, what's the baby changing life like? You know, how's that going with? Uh, you know all that fun stuff that comes out not very exciting comes out, it's uh it's, it's not it's not very exciting i think uh, i think I, I think i told people before i uh, had a child that i think having a children is a, a giant waste of money and a waste of time it might be we're gonna find out <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people that wouldn't argue with you greg i'm just being be realistic now i'm gonna quote one of the people who very successful person the uh, uh, the three trillion dollar man or the trillion dollar man um, is that Ted DiBiase? Uh, that is Dan Pena. Oh. Uh, Dan Pena, super successful guy, and uh, I listen to a lot of his podcasts, a lot of his um, live actual live presentations, and um, he talks about that the only regret that he's ever had in his life was that he had kids. That <laughs> that that if he did not have kids, he would have been even more successful. Huh. And, and you know, it's a hard fact to think about, but maybe it is true. Did yeah, it yeah. Hurt somebody's success? <laughs> you never know. But it's a, good, yeah. it's a good thing to think about. A lot of people with kids, they don't often think about it. It's like, no, just the kids. I had a kid. It's the greatest thing in the world. But mm. is, it, is it running with But if you're speaking you know? realistically, you know, you might have a different answer, you know? Like, yeah, it's if true. If you say what everyone expects you to say, like, oh, yeah, my kids, they're my bundle of joy, you know? But. Sure. But it could also be because Dan had three. Now, and here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. If it, I feel like there's a ratio at which point you cross sort of a threshold between like life is okay and then you like you just you're fucked. You know, and that's where like I feel like when you cross that threshold, like three kids, most things in life are not made for like more than four, you know. So like your packages, things like that. So and you have two arms, for example. So you can like hold two of your kids. You have a third one, like you're fucked. Yeah, like what do you do now? So 
I think, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a realistic thing to think about. Sometimes I like to go just into the realism of, of what are the facts of this mm. uh, type thing, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and this is a good one. This is actually the most interesting thing I've actually experienced while having kids. And this is a good one. So I continuously call my child it randomly. Oh, it's crying. It's angry. <laughs> now, I've, the people who have had children maybe 30 years ago, their children are old. I ask them about this. Have you ever called your kid it? No, I would never call my, I never, never did, never, never, never. But you ask people that are younger and they're like, yeah, I've called my baby it a couple, you know. And you know when it happens? It's usually when it's in a we fucked up situation. Like it's crying. It's crying. I need to change it. It's dirty. Oh no, Man. what do I do? It ran away. <laughs> you know, like, it ran away. Oh shit. You know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like it pooped. It's never like uh, oh, she pooped. He pooped. It's always it pooped. So yeah, that's the good yeah. one. Yeah, and those poops can be pretty interesting. That's what I remember. When there was a blowout oh. and you're getting it out of the sides and all that, oh man, that's not fun. All right, First so time Greg, I just uh, threw up. What has been the most uh, interesting thing that you have seen on TikTok lately? And this doesn't have to be in the car care industry. This is just overall most interesting thing for me. I put it out on my HyperClean Marshall page, and it was, and it's interesting you're talking about kids because when I was a kid, I loved the Transformers, right? I, I watched them. I grabbed whenever I could. We didn't have a, I'm, my parents didn't give me shit. Like I, I didn't have many gifts. I had a skateboard, like a, a bike, you know, I mean, we had everything we needed. We just weren't big on like getting a bunch of stuff, right? It's just the way we were raised. So I didn't have a lot of uh, transformers. And when I saw this Optimus Prime transformer that is now, you can speak to it and it stands up and then you can say Optimus Prime attack and it does these things. I'm like, Holy fuck, like imagine as a kid having a Optimus Prime transformer that then you go roll out and it and turns on and starts going. That's pretty cool. Man, I had a little car that we carved out of a a piece of wood and and put little wheels on. I mean, it was rough in Oklahoma. It was rough. I feel like I I feel like what you described is maybe like Joe Biden could be a transformer. I don't know why. I just got weird vibes that everything you described just went. It's kind of like how it moves, like, and, and then you went like this, and I was like, oh no, like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is crazy. The descriptions of things are, are crazy. <laughs> that'd be really cool, you know. I'll, I don't know if you've ever seen that show on Amazon where they talk about how the royal family is a bunch of lizards. <laughs> but <laughs> oh yes, what is that one? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Marty's like, what are you talking no, about? I'm, I'm oh, yeah. There's a oh, show my. on Amazon Prime somewhere in there, and it's yeah. like a conspiracy show. And then one of the episodes just goes totally random, and it's like the whole world's controlled by secret lizards. Yes, <laughs> and you know what? I know. So okay, I know this one because here, like, so we used to be a British colony, and then we've got our independence, but we're still like our, the queen's on our money. Like we're still very much. You have to pledge allegiance to the queen. Like we're very much owned by Britain still. And so that's a big deal for us. And it's actually something that before the Amazon like special came out, people have talked about in Canada is that like, you know, the, <laughs> the queen and the monarchy, they're all lizards and this and that. And so I actually had a theory that Kim Kardashian is also a lizard because just the way her face structure is for me anyways. And so I think she's an offshoot taken over. <laughs> I just want to be the first one to say on Pints and Polishing podcast that I am <laughs> a lizard. 
I think the craziest thing on TikTok is, and it's kind of what we just talked about now. It's just that the most random stuff gets the craziest views. That's, uh, like, yeah. that's really the most craziest stuff is like on, on TikTok yesterday, I was sitting somewhere. I was just literally had nothing to do. And I recorded of a, a reaction of me. Uh, just looking at this guy jumping over a fence on a scooter. And uh, did he make I, it? Yeah, he made it. Okay, okay. And, and and I was like, nice. And that's it literally took me like 15 seconds to do it, five seconds to post it, and it was like 98% for you page analytics. Jeez. Right? <laughs> so the 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 most interesting thing I'm seeing on TikTok is just stuff that's so random and that mm. stuff that pops up and you're like how where did this even come from <laughs> and yeah. it's honestly so random right now I, I marty i couldn't even tell you what's the crazy oh, thing. what about you? Are, you are you a tiktoker do you uh uh me not too much no but uh, i catch it in different ways so like I, I use facebook more and instagram instagram's a little more popular in the city i'm in right now um and especially because of toronto uh, there's some pages there's one called the six and so everybody uses that and uh so anyways but yeah for toronto 416 i don't know anyway uh yeah so uh but what people are doing now is they're taking if, if people that use tiktok they find something and then they post it on instagram or something like that so you can see it originated tiktok you see the logo everything but they've posted it elsewhere uh so i see things like that and there's definitely i would say the random stuff is what catches your eye but for me i've got kids and my kids use it so i see a lot even more random stuff but it's interesting to pay attention to sort of how their brains are functioning like what stuff's piquing their interest mm -hmm. uh because it, it actually has some real world marketing like things behind exactly it you know right. so that's why I would, i'd like to every once in a while see what people are seeing on tiktok it's yeah now, this is this that's how it, goes. it's crazy the tiktok and i've talked about this on other podcasts i think marty is that I, TikTok started out as a children's thing. Yeah, yeah. music.ly. <laughs> hey, everybody. Kids had it. It was awesome. But I truly believe, and if you were like, hey, Greg, like, you know, are you going to put, uh, um, are you going to let your kid be on TikTok? No, it's too powerful of an item. It's like mm. too powerful. Kids that are using TikTok. All right, that's crazy. Because my 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 ex wouldn't let my daughters go on Instagram, but would let them have TikTok. No, and they're so all people sure. don't let their kids be on they're Facebook, the but they mm, don't mm -hmm. let them be on Instagram. It's all the and, same. And it's interesting to see the the cycle of the ages of how yeah. old the parent is to the the kid's age, um, and as it journeys down, that that's interesting. All right, so let's get into Facebook groups. Uh, what are you guys seeing? as the biggest problem have you seen any posts that pops out that uh has been you're starting to see a, a you know something that you're seeing on a regular basis is the well, biggest i wish i sold rigid seen? vacuums because every day i see uh, five or six posts people looking for rigid okay. vacuums. <laughs> you know, uh, the the biggest problem with the groups right now i brought this up even on a on another group actually a TikTok maybe is that um you don't know who you're getting the information from and people are coming new into this industry and they want to be detailing because detailing is such a fast growing industry, but they're, they might be listening to information from a 14 year old kid and taking it as real. And that's a big problem. People got to look where they're getting the information from. 
of what products to use, who to listen to, what to buy, the techniques to use, business techniques. There was a guy, there was All a the business ones. There was a weird post on my TikTok. <laughs> it said like um, something, I don't know, it was like a weird post on my TikTok, somebody that, that was trying to contradict something I was saying. I clicked that person's profile and it said a 14 year old detailer. Jeez. And this person was putting out information like, hey, you, I don't use this product. I use this, this, and this. This is better. You should use this. Who are you going to trust? So, Sean, you mentioned business. Yeah. What, what's the problem that you're seeing? That oh, so I'm seeing that because the scariest part for me is uh, if someone gives like the, the information on a product or tool, that's scary. But the worst thing is someone's out, whatever they spent on that product, they find out it doesn't work, you know, in most cases, unless someone says use sandpaper instead of polishing pads. Uh, but which I've seen. It's seen people jokingly say that and i'm like don't even joke in these groups because someone's gonna read that and be like oh shit well you know this guy said use sandpaper so i got out my 3000 grit and you know <laughs> sorry about your, your tucson yeah. um but but i think the biggest thing that's scary for me is the people giving business advice and i've noticed a shift where some detailers that couldn't quite make it in the detailing sphere decided that you know i'm gonna start training or doing something like that they're trying to find some other or maybe they're just diversifying, but the information they're giving, the first couple of posts were like cut and paste stuff that they, they clearly just found on someone's blog that actually does marketing. And then they started venturing out on their own and the advice they were giving, oh, I, I was just feeling bad for people that I, I think are going to, you know, start looking at them like they're the, the business guru and they're going to waste so much time going down the wrong avenues. So I think uh, it, it's a sum of all things. That's what scares me the most is because someone's going to, spend a lot more time trying to do marketing the wrong way uh, i mean any marketing is good marketing but some of the advice i was seeing and it's like well you know i'll give you these couple little tidbits but now pay three thousand dollars and take my course and then uh like what are you really going to get from that you know it's, yeah. it, anyway it, it's so, scary so be know, careful who you listen to for sure you know uh, i'll tell you something sean this is so in, this is very interesting this actually happened this past weekend and i was actually mm. i was actually thinking about this podcast when it happened you know, over here at Masterson's Car Care, we run a collection of stores, mm -hmm. but at the store that I work at, we get about 15 to 20 calls a day asking about detailing services because we are, have over 260 reviews and we're pure five stars, Google Maps, very difficult. To and we, um, we get about 15 to 20 calls about people asking about services. Now, mm -hmm. I need a detailer or actually it's like a bunch <laughs> where if somebody calls my store and I'm like, Hey, my name's John. I live in Irvine. I got a McLaren. I need a, a full detail, but I also need a detail on this Mercedes that I drive too. Can you, can you fit me in? I need to give them a number of somebody that I could call and mm. send this detailer 15 to $20,000 worth of work a month. Right. But I have nobody I could call that I could. That's send. crazy. I know it is crazy, right? So, so, so what's like, Greg's number again? Let's put it. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> no, it's on so, every episode, so, and eventually he'll get a call, Greg. We are. Pulling, I, I, I got. I got a couple. Twenty twenty two. Every week we're pulling for you. I got a couple a call. calls for. I got a couple calls for this because I put up in the groups and a couple mm. places on Facebook a message say, saying exactly what I'm saying there. I need. I need people calling me every day. I need. I need to send them some good references. About fifteen to twenty thousand yeah. dollars worth of references a month. You know, can you, um, you know, give if you can give me a call and I put our office number 
and people were messaging me and I was refusing to respond to the messages because how could I respond? How, how is the um, potential service person supposed to listen to a customer if they didn't even listen to that message and say, call this number? So, so the problem then you're seeing is Very good point. not being able to follow directions, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah. And, me, and I'd say being overrun by fear, too. People are scared to make a call. Here's one that I saw that, that I thought was crazy, right? It's on, it's and this, this, we see this on a regular basis. Yeah. And it just it blows my mind, right? This is I feel sorry for the guy. Hey, guys, business has been slow recently. So let's do a like for a like. Oh, like I saw my that page yeah. and I'll like yours back. I like that. Yeah. Listen, I'll touch on that real quick, just from a marketing perspective. Uh, so I've had a marketing company for 15 years now. The worst thing you can do worst. is get other detailers to like your stuff. Worst. Because when you go to advertise in Facebook, they're going to use their algorithm to target people who have liked your page to show your ads to. So guess and, who's going to see your ads? And <laughs> also, right, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but also in the algorithm, if your page is liked by a bunch of people that aren't really going to pay attention to it, it never gets seen. So they just keep pushing you further down. Oh, even 100%. on the people that do actually want to see your stuff, because yep. there's so many people that don't give a fuck because it's, there's other detailers, you'll just <laughs> never get the algorithm to help you because it's Absolutely. a bunch of people on your page that don't want to support you. 100%. And that's exactly what they're going to look at. And so it does nothing to you. You're far better off instead of this like for a like or stuff like that. Uh, honestly, customers aren't, they're not going to a page and be like, oh shit, I was trying to decide between these two detailers, but look, this guy's got 48 likes. This guy's got 200. Let me go with the 200. They don't really care that much, to be honest. They, they don't. Reviews, completely different story. But even that, if you start getting people to review and they're from different areas and stuff, it's, trust me, it's going to backfire. Just be the best business you can be and talk to your customers. Say, yeah, hey, yeah. could you leave me a review? Hey, do you know someone that can uh, use my services as well? Give me their name and number. That's, so, that's how you grow. And so like we talked about last time about how people go out of business and what, what the thing is, and mine was vision, right? So to me, this mm. is the vision part of, okay, the path or the theory I'm guessing that they're thinking is, if my page gets more likes, I'm mm -hmm. gonna make more money because I'll make more sales. But given the, what we had just said doesn't actually happen. So the vision of what they're thinking doesn't really yeah. quite work out and they don't play it out in their mind far enough to actually have the vision to see if it would work or not work. So 100% many times is going, okay, here's an idea. Let me see what would happen. All right, here's get likes for likes. And if I get a bunch of these people that like me, will it actually produce something? And that seems to be, I think, a big problem that a lot of us have, no matter if we're fresh new into it or we're just trying to really grow, is the vision on knowing when I do something, when I spend time, what will get me the customers to actually do it? You know, wrong points of view of having a, a direction they want to go is okay. We yeah. all make mistakes, right? But True, having yeah. the vision to understand, right, if it's going to work or not work, pulling back, going forward, making adjustments. So, all right. So greatest success. Uh, I, I, have a, you know, I have a question for Sean. You sure. know, I know the, the algorithm, you know, we all speculate on the algorithm. If, of course, because they don't give you the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But what do you think about Google? Do you think that if other detailers like your page, 
Do you think that it messes with that algorithm? I, I, I've wondered that because the only reason yeah. I that is because a lot of detailers, I feel, chase Facebook. They chase Facebook. Yes. Like, Big I got to chase Facebook. I got to get likes on Facebook. I need likes on Facebook. And in reality, I think they should be chasing like Google Maps. Yeah, I'd agree like, 100%. And, and I, think, I think that Google Maps is becoming a way more trusted source of reviews and, and um, uh, information about businesses. Because I feel 100%. Like anybody can make a Facebook page mm-hmm. for a business. But to get on Google Maps, like fuck, you are you're 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 background checked. You gotta oh fuck yeah. Well, especially hard. now they've they've removed the anonymous side of things. Like to get Google Maps now, you have to have a business listing with an address. You have to they, have, yes, you have they to force have it because they force uh, it because too many like fly by night people. And like this is one thing I always tell people when they're doing SEO and it ties in with this is that Google doesn't care about websites. They don't. They index information. That's what they index. Sometimes it comes from video. Sometimes it comes from, you know, audio. Sometimes it's books. It's all these different things. They invest in information, not websites. Yeah. If it happens to come from a website, great. But you should also take your website, turn some of it into a PDF and just upload that. Google is going to find it. You don't even have to let them know. But guess what? Now you're going to show up when someone's searching for something and they have PDF in the search term or something like that. It's all this weird kind of shit. We do weird things like that because it works. Google, in my opinion, is the best because it's intent-based searching. Someone is looking for your service versus disruptive stuff where, you know, you're just throwing an ad and hoping that it, you know, catches them at the right time. So that's where we we put 90% of our marketing efforts behind Google, 100%. The maps are key. Uh, You can, there's so many things you can do too. You can get a PO box somewhere. You can register that. that. What we did because they started giving us trouble with the PO boxes, we got one of those like virtual office things got a separate one now you can have two locations where you can do different things it expanded our radius in google that's all it did so it allowed us to show up more when someone was searching just outside so there's all these things you can do but honestly invest heavily in google google is not going anywhere but there's always going to be this like fertile ground with tiktok and all these new things popping up they're great don't get me wrong jump on it but if you're not doing google and you got to start somewhere start with google and then expand out if time permits yeah i like that yeah I like it, man. Great words for the community. Appreciate that. Community. Yeah, greatest, greatest success, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg. Yep. Greatest success that you've seen uh, in somebody's post or any cool stories that you've witnessed uh, from anybody in the car care world. With, de- with detailing? You know, just, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the best success, I've, I've been seeing a lot of great success um, with detailing. A couple that I've seen is just young people starting hey i'm gonna start washing cars and i'm gonna do it this way and i saw that that guy and uh he had a little trailer and it was being pulled by Mm. uh, his car but the trailer was like he built the trailer from like stuff from harbor freight and he had everything on there it was ready to go and he was out there making money just like that and i I thought that was uh that was really cool and he was yeah that's cool but then i also see it on the other side and Someone, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, man, you know, you, you got to expand your business. You, you, you got to scale up. And he, he looks at me, he's like, man, Greg, I'm 52. I'm too old. I can't be scaling up. And I told him, man, one of our franchises that, that one of our franchise owners for the Masters and Scar Care store, um, he's 62, 10 years on him. 
And this is his at, and that's his at bat. And he wasn't like, hey man, I'm too old to be doing this. Uh, I think even older people can still get into this industry. They don't need to think that it's like a young man's game. They can, can be in this industry for 40, 50, 60. You just need to structure your business differently. Exactly. Well, you know, Sam much. Walton, uh, Walmart. Yeah. He started it when I think he was like 40, he was in his 40s, 44 yeah. or something like that. Almost 50. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. And he started Walmart. Like, look, I mean, we've all given money to Walmart. I'm sure. Yeah. Colonel, know, so. Colonel Sanders started KFC when he was like 60 something, I believe. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. we, we were this close to not having great chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, ima- and that's imagine, crazy. imagine how many times someone was like, oh, damn, like, I'm too old. Too old. This. You know, um, uh, you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be that way. You know, there's always opportunities in this industry. Oh, always. Especially when you can always hire more people. Like, I don't have 24 hours in a day. I've got unlimited hours because I can hire unlimited people. So I'll just take their time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like Ursula and Little Mermaid stealing your voice. You know, like it's well, there you work. And, and that's that. And so, uh, you know, it's what you do with your time. So you could be 62. And when I'm 62, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing. Hiring more people. I'm going to hire young guys and get them to go out there or girls and get them to go out and do their stuff. And uh, that's that, you know, but yeah, um, yeah I think. Um, this is the success, first- Sean. What are you seeing that's successful in the groups? Oh, aside from the three of us. Um <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> greatest success, honestly, you know what? So there's two and I'll, I'll be brief with them, but two of them, one was there was this uh, two guys and they became Orbis X users early on. Uh, they were one of the ones that first joined in the beginning. So I got to learn a lot about their business over the last year. It was last July that they, they messaged and they were like, Hey, I want the free trial. They came on board and they were just starting out. Both of them were in high school, uh, just finishing up. And they were starting this thing together. They weren't even sure about like partnerships. They had so many questions. Like I kind of just, Gave them a little guidance of how they can, you know, operate things. They've been looking for a shop, trying to find a shop. And they were really big on that. Everything was like, got to get a shop, got to get a shop. And so I told them, I said, listen, like, do what makes sense for your business. And they took a look at things. They ended up saving up $10,000 and they bought this van together. So they bought this van, they got it wrapped. And so they've been doing it now out of the van. But what their goal was, was not to do it themselves. They've got four high school kids working for them right now. And all they're doing is just managing the jobs coming in. I looked at that and I said, holy shit, man, these guys, they're, they're going places. Man. They're, I've seen posts in the group and they're okay. So these guys, without giving away too much of their financials, they're, they're hitting $40,000 months. And I'm like, Jesus, these guys are just finishing up high school. Now, granted, they have to, you know, that's gross. They've got to pay their staff and stuff like this, but, but still they're not even finished high school yet. And they've got this hustle and drive. So one guy's like, listen, I believe in the system so much. I want to make some extra income on the side. I'm going to start offering people one-on-one Zooms and training them on the software. And then I'm going to get better at it too. Teach my staff. How to do. Anyway, I'd say they're one of the success stories that I've seen. Reason being is they stayed out of a lot of the Facebook bullshit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the posts yeah. that were there, they, yeah. they went, consumed some information. They focused on getting the right information. They yeah. came to me, asked some questions and stuff. And I, I like to think I'm a good source of info for them. Uh, but they landed a deal. They're now doing Ferraris across the country. They fly them out to do oh, these shit. events. Bunch of Ferraris meet oh, up. Nice. They do some events. Yeah. yeah. They're, so their business is called Attention to Detail with a two. And they're basically the official, unofficial Ferrari detailers and ceramic coders. And one thing that set them apart was, number one, their, their pricing was great. Their service was awesome. Customer service follow-ups. But a big thing that they did was they showed up to these events and they just said, what else can we do? 
So they said, well, you know, we got to move like all those chairs over there and stuff. And, you know, they, they finished, you know, the prep work for the cars they are now being looked at. And they were like, instead of us sitting around, what else can we do? They're like, well, we need this done. And they said, okay, we'll do that. But we want X amount, you know, to do that extra work. And they were just negotiating. So the whole, they're getting paid to be there, flown out, hotel comp. And then now they're getting paid to do the extra stuff too. And it's, it's that kind of go-to hustle that that's what you got to have. So like those guys are never going to have a slow period. Never. Like they'll, they'll figure it out. They're going to find some, some way of making it happen, you know? So that was a huge success I saw. The other one in two sentences or less was a partnership that they were working together. Then they broke up the partnership. They weren't working well together. Um, so they messaged and said, we have to, you know, separate the data that's in Orbis X and, you know, each set up our own thing. So I helped them with that. And I thought for sure both or one of them might not make it because it's it's hard when they were sharing the work before. Both of them ended up working mutually together, kind of sharing work that they didn't want to do, but running their own businesses separately. So it was, it was pretty interesting to see that play out. Um, so that to me was a success because usually, you know, when someone's looking at like, hey, we should close the doors, we're not working well together. They found a way to just kind of problem solve that and make it work. So, so that was pretty cool. But, That's good. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, I remember when those guys attention detail went out and did those cars and we had to, they were short on shipping from uh, some people. Yes, that's right. right. Like, like, like we yeah. talked about, there's people that are starting to run into some problems. Mm -hmm. um, listen, there's more problems on the rise, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but yeah, we, that's right. you helped them out, man. That was good. The problem. Yeah. Uh, problems. So. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned the problems. Here's a great problem. It just, and, and this will lead into what you're talking about earlier. Uh, a couple detailers that run a detailing shop 400 miles away just drove out here to my store to buy like $2,000 worth of towels because nobody has towels where they're at because all the towels Jeez. are stuck on the boats in the dock. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> well, Jeez. so silicone, so it's caustics, so it's emulsion. There's a lot oh, of stuff. Man. And apparently uh, there's a, starting to be a shortage on five-gallon containers. So it's really oh, that's, to let me tell you, the, the, uh, the shortage of the five-gallon, and this is somebody who's, we're coming from manufacturing side directs. The five-gallon container problem has been a problem for a long time because it's pointless to make the five-gallon containers. And for some reason, only the weirdest detailers are like, I have to have it in five gallons. Mm. I, can't, I can't buy five <laughs> one-gallons. I have to have one five-gallon. I, I can't have it any other way. Yeah, I think, it, and that's that is interesting. As as we began to put out gallons, because we all focused at first, because mostly I dealt with just volume, right? Yeah. Volume shops, larger places, uh, and and it was always five gallons. And so, but you're right. There's a plenty, which is why we had to evolve as a company and began to put out mm -hmm. gallons ourselves, because there's just this evolution <laughs> of all these guys, young guys particularly. They only use gallons. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. So there yeah. are plenty of detailers that five gallon part won't ever matter to, but the volume, yeah. the bigger the bigger guys, there's it's gonna really start to to get into effect. We've we've right. got the five gallon, but we just refill it with the the ones because <laughs> it goes into our big mixer, right? So it just dilutes everything for us if needed and stuff. So yeah, yeah. 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 The plastics, uh, the plastics is a big problem right now, man. It's a huge yeah. problem. Oh. so my Crazy. success what i what Man. i thought is interesting and it's it's kind of funny because it's something that greg we've kind of chatted about over the past year but it's definitely something in 2017 as we began to talk about this not need for doing full corrections and what the difference we were calling it then an enhancement and as more time goes by we've you know developed into percentages and david uh 
uh, it was it was fun having David Ferrani on. He uh, he talked about getting a seventy five percent is kind of really the max that anybody should ever attempt. Uh, listen, Greg, I think we could even get Sean to seventy five percent. So the average detailer could definitely get there. You know, it it's a way that can be done. So you know, I. I've seen multiple people start putting into the groups like, Hey, I just did a one step. Hey, one step, this one step. And like one stepping is becoming so much more popular and people are starting to generate a lot more revenue. They're turning over their customers more, they're gaining more customers and they'll be able to continue further long in business by doing one steps and a entry level one layer <laughs> coding than trying to do full corrections and these big tickets, uh, so that's 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 been fun from from seeing that type of success. So, all right. So let's talk though, because we mentioned Greg uh, that there are some shortages, and these shortages are not only affecting uh, business. You know, we've got people that are talking about how Walmart's food stock has changed, how yeah. you know going into grocery stores things are a lot different. We're hearing nonstop. One interesting uh, post that I saw in a Facebook group was from a guy up in New York that was a part of this like citizen it was this app called Citizen Report or something like that and it would report all the different crimes that were being happened and he oh, was shit. like well it's <laughs> you know welcome back to New York is alive again because i mean it was like one after another was stabbing was Jesus. here shooting was 40 feet away you know some oh, some place got robbed around the corner and it's like you know, Ooh. you see all these different uh, on, on football games now. Everybody's fighting. There's so much more. Uh, I want to feel like in 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 a lot of the atmosphere, there's so much more anger and so much more upset. And uh, many times that comes from being in a difficult spot. You know, when you're hurting, what are you going to try and do? You're going to try and hurt somebody. So a lot of people are hurting, and that will begin to affect sometimes into different sectors of the detailing world because if those are prospects if those are customers that are starting to hurt they might start to want to cut back on some things mm. and that could mean the dreaded go down to the guy on the other side of the street that's 50 bucks cheaper mm. right so how do we prevent a customer going to somebody else that's cheaper. Greg, thoughts? Offer convenience. Offer convenience. Sell them time. That's the, the number one thing. Remember when you're doing detailing, guys are listening to this, you're selling time. And I would love to have somebody that came every day uh, of the week, the same time and washed my car. That would be an amazing service that somebody could offer to me. And I'd want to offer that to somebody else as well. Uh, and when you get people on that same time every week, it becomes part of their lifestyle and they don't mm. want to, people don't like to change their lifestyle. They want to keep it the same. And even in a hard, even in times of hardship where I don't have money for this, I don't have money for that. They will find money for that convenience. Oh, I still get my car washed once a week. It still makes me feel good. And, uh, that can only, you can only offer that with convenience. I will be there at this time every day. That, that's something that's important, I believe. All yeah. right, Sean, what keeps 100%. somebody from going down the street for the cheaper guy that's 50 bucks less? Yeah, so it's that as well. And you got to focus on what I call the USF, which is your unique selling feature. And in this case, as, as Greg said, it's it's the time. 
so for us, we focus on a bunch of things. So uh, like we have a lot of clients, we have different client segments. We have a lot of clients that come with, uh, you know, higher end vehicles. They, for them, trust is a big, big issue, you know? Uh, so we focus on that and we remind them of those kinds of things. Plus those little extras that we do that the other guys don't. Um, so there's, you know, tough times where I guess this would fall into the convenience and time side of things. Sometimes people are like, oh, geez, you know, I would come, but uh, my wife's got my other car, so I don't want to be stuck, you know, stranded around. No problem. I tell you what, you drop it off. I'll have one of my guys drop you wherever you need to go, something like that, shop, and then you come back. You know, so different things that we do, just little add-ons. Uh, so we try and really just find out from the customer, though, what would help for them kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's rare in our case that we have people that go to the, the other side, um, mainly because our entry price uh, our existing customers, we've nurtured those relationships so well that they just keep coming back to us. Our growth throughout the whole pandemic has been astronomical. Uh, but for new customers, we avoid the whole price comparison type thing uh, by finding out a little bit about them and then bringing them in at a lower price. Uh, even sometimes we'll say like, listen, I tell you what, come in and we'll just, we'll do a free exterior wash. You can see the place, you know? And then when the guy comes down, nothing's free. There's no free lunch. He's coming in he's going to get his free wash, but we're going to use that time to sell the living shit out of him. You know, like, oh, hey, by the way, I saw this little scuff here. Was that your wife or was that you that did that? Do you have a teenage daughter that's maybe started driving? Tell you what, I can get that buffed out. It'll be, you know, 20, 30 bucks. And then uh, look, I see this over here. We just keep adding on things. He enjoys the experience, enjoys the fact that we sound like we know what we're doing. And uh, that's how we just build those relationships. But if you find that you're having a slow period and things are not, you know, going too well, look up one of your customers in your database Give them a call and say, hey, listen, I was going to be in your area. I had someone that canceled. I, I got all my tools with me. So how about I just come do your car for free? If you haven't heard from them for like three months, just give them a freebie while you're there. Put your sign out at the road. You might catch his neighbor or something like that. You weren't doing anything today anyways. So you might as well, you know, do something, right? Uh, what's it going to cost you? A couple of chemicals, a little bit of time, but you're advertising while you're there. And maybe while you're there, you know, be like, hey, what's your neighbor's name? Oh, his name's Joe. Oh, hey, great. You know, next time you're talking to Joe, you know, give him one of my cards, you know? something like that he's going to want to help you out you just give him a free you know like whatever wash so little things like that and if it's free you don't have to go above and beyond i'm not saying spend all day there you know what i mean like, yeah, it's yeah. free at the end of the day <laughs> you know just give him a quick little something he feels good he'll probably even tip you give you 50 bucks or something anyways so you know so little things like that but just always be presenting that uniqueness that that makes you what you are because you are the business like you, and if it's your employees going out there, they are the business. So have them prepared, you know, like we have people that call wrong number. They, they'll be like, well, not wrong number. We have the same name in our areas, a place that does mechanic stuff. They'll call and be like, yeah, you know, I was looking to get this done on my body or whatever. Listen, we don't do body work, but I tell you what, I have a great friend. He's down at auto surgeon. I'm going to put you in touch. I know you were trying to reach the other auto world place, but I tell you what, they don't do so great on their stuff, but I got the guy for you. We'll help them out. You could call my shop right now and order a pizza. We're not going to tell you it's the wrong number. We're going to say how many toppings. We'll get it yes. figured out. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. We'll, we'll get you your pizza. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's yeah. that simple. Come down here and get a free wash while we get your pizza. Yeah. I like it, Sean. I There's like a Domino's it. right upstairs. Yeah, I like it. That's a great idea. Hey, we got okay. some. We got some of that frozen pizza. We'll get heated up for you and uh, come get you. Not free delivery. Wash. It's yeah. delicio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DiGiorno. It's DiGiorno. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great way. And you know, there there is that's a great example of cross selling. But yeah. not but you don't even have to have the services. Make 100%. friends with other people that have actually make friends with everybody that has a service. And then oh, when yeah. someone calls you, uh, <laughs> sell them the service and outsource it direct. You yeah. know, 
uh, you, if you run a detail shop, you don't need to learn window tinting. Find a guy that does great window tinting and up it. That's how we got into windshield replacements. There we had go. customers yeah. coming in with cracked windows. And I was like, you know, hey, listen, we found a guy. He would come to our shop in an unbranded van. He would do the work and then he would leave. Whatever. Things were good. Eventually, now he works with us. Yeah. So it, it just we had to wait for the volume to get up. Yeah. But it, it's just that's what you do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was actually going to um, I, I the windshield replacement's a great example because even automotive dealerships don't install their own windshields, which it's is true. Crazy. When I found that out, I was kind of shocked because I wanted a new windshield on my Mustang, had a little chip, ah. wanted a brand new one, and I wanted it to be the original Ford windshield. So the OEM I, one, yeah. Yeah, the OEM one. So I called the Ford dealer. And just by talking and setting up, we found out that they were just going to call this outsource it anyways and buy the windshield, oh. and bring it over. And you know how many windshields we do for dealerships right now? It's oh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> and they've asked us, they said, show up in a van that's unmarked. So we have one sprinter that has nothing on it. And the other one's wrapped with our logo and stuff. But that way we show up and it's, it's one of our unique selling features because the guy they were using before used to show up and it said, you know, auto glass experts and all this different stuff. It looks bad for them when their customers see that pulling up and they're like, wait a minute, you're not doing the install, but you're charging me, you know, that much more. So yeah. this way uh, they get that anonymity and, you know, the customer's happy. Everyone's happy. So, yeah. so in a sense, basically you're saying become anything in a sense, yeah. become what Fuck the yeah. person needs. <laughs> you become the guy that they go to, to trust, to meet their needs and then they're never really going to look for somebody else. And that's sort of where I was headed is, yeah. you know, and, and I tie in, this is, this is the funny part for me. I, I hated the book, but it kind of made a little bit of sense too. If, if you guys previously in a marriage where I had to go through some counseling, they, they wanted hmm. me to look at the seven love languages. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And where you, you understand why somebody loves and how they're loving. Right. But it, yeah. it, it's interesting. Mine was so, money. It was in the secret chapter. Yeah, kidding. right. Yeah. I mean, basically, the premise of the book is find their need. I meet the need. It's the same Absolutely. as business, right? Yeah. And then the, the thing is, is you just fucking meet that need over and over and over. You just keep yep, pounding, exactly. Right? And the more and you can do that. Oh, the, the more, more that they're going to stay in tune with you. It's but true. The trick is, and here's the trick for most of us, we don't know how to find out what they need. Hmm. What it's is true. it that my customer really? Well, it's funny. We really think of that when we do our ads because even the fundamentals. That's the way, like, just a second, Josh. Like, oh, like sorry, that's sorry. the way. That's the way. <laughs> that's the way. Greg was just kind of saying, like he was saying on time. So yeah. for some people, that could be their greatest need. 100%. Getting that out of them, talking through your customer to figure out what it is they really, really need. Yeah, And if you always meet that need, 50 bucks isn't going to make that much difference. No, That cheaper guy down the street isn't going to make that much difference. Well, and if he is, if it does make a difference and they, that guy doesn't meet, right? Let's say they do cheat on you mm -hmm. with this other company. If that company doesn't perform like you do, listen, you'll get that phone call back. You'll get that appointment rescheduled in a couple months because somebody didn't continually meet 100%. it. 100%. So, yeah, yeah. 100%. All right. So, how do we? All right. Let's go into this then, right? So, when, when we're saying that we don't want that to happen, right? Let me let me go back to my note because I just drew a blank. Look at that. All right. So, what's the difference in a business that's always hurting for new work and businesses that retain customers? And the point of that question is, right? 
we could at this moment always be hunting hmm. because we're not providing the value time of finances of whatever it is that our customers are looking for. And so we could eventually start always be hunting, always be trying to sell and bring people in. And for anybody like we've seen in the groups, everybody still is always asking for where do I get the customers? I mm. always send them back to the, 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 the four to five episodes that we just did on how do you With get the customers? So, but in theory, right. How do we get to stop from always hunting and we get a schedule that begins to fill itself, right? I mean, using software, using whatever systems, how do we get to that point, Greg, to where we're not hunting as much. We're not really worried about that guy down the street. We hear that there's problems going on, but our customer base is solid and we're just moving forward. You know, that's a real question that the business owner needs to decide on themselves, what they want to be comfortable with, what they make. And if somebody is making $100,000 a year and they're fucking so happy and they're going to all their kids' events and they're spending time with their family and they go on that week vacation, but they make $100,000 a year, but they're so happy versus um, Ricky up the street who runs a three-bay shop and his shop makes $400,000 a year, but that guy wants to slit his wrists every night because he's stressed. Mm. Okay, there's the big difference, right? And maybe to Ricky's shop, that was what he wanted. He wanted to make those, you know, 300, you know, $400,000 in revenue off those three bays. But the other guy could just be happy making $100,000 a year and he's enjoying everything. It, in order for us to figure out where that comfortable setup is, we really got to know what we want at the end of the year. Because maybe three customers a week might be comfortable for you. You know, maybe you might be do two cars a month, but those two cars a month might generate $10,000. Who knows? You know, uh, you really got to decide. And that's why we've talked about in a couple episodes back is people in detailing need to decide how much money they want to make in the year or in like two years instead of like day to day. A lot of people are thinking about the day to day. I need to make this on the day. And when they start thinking the long term, they'll be able to know um, that setup. And they'll actually, your schedule will start filling out because you'll be like, okay, I'm good. I got my five clients. That's all I need. I only need mm-hmm. two, three days a week. That's that's what I feel like it needs to be. Bigger picture, man. Yeah, that's true, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think for us too, like, because uh, like we've got a bunch of staff, so we it's it becomes a difficult thing for some businesses to manage. Where it's okay, what is enough work to keep my staff busy? What's too much work that they're going to be burnt out? You know, things like that. Um, so once you find out those numbers, and it all comes down to what your staff's capable of doing. Uh, so we always try and just push them, and then have some floaters that come in, part time people. And just keep those those guys or girls on reserve so that, you know, when there's an excess, you can handle it. Uh, but that's for someone like us. Like, I, we consider ourselves high-performing people because we, we just, we always want more. Like, I, you could send me 50 new clients for tomorrow, and I'll be like, why not 60? You know, it's just, that's just where my mindset is. But not everyone is there. So I agree. I think looking at your goals, uh, writing down what you like about your life today, and then making sure that things that you do in the future don't detract from that. Like, if you enjoy... Every Sunday you go for walks. Well, guess what? Never open on a Sunday. So plan around that, you know, um, and then figure out what you want in your life, you know, even 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, because it's going to be too late to accomplish 20 year goals when you've got three years left to reach it. Okay. So think about like, okay, well, I want to have, you know, my retirement residence or something. Okay. So what do you need to get there? 
figure out literally how many details it's going to take at your current price point. And that's how you figure out how many customers you need in 20 years. You know what I mean? And then start working it out. And if you can't do all the work, hire people. Exactly. Vision. And literally, uh, what's a notebook cost? I don't know. Like, let's say $3 and a pencil. I don't know. Maybe a box of them for, you know, $5, whatever. Here, they're 99 cents. Yeah. Notebook, notebooks, free app on the phone. There we go. That's true. That's true. Free app on the phone. There we go. And just go on, start, start writing some shit out there. That's what you need to do tomorrow. Like, or tonight even like, don't, don't do anything else. If you don't have that figured out, Yeah, I, I could go and tell my wife right now, I want to do this next year. And she's like, yeah, well, you were already planning for that. Like, there's yeah, nothing I, new. I've thought about it. I guarantee you know? that if you do that, yeah. a lot of D de- if a lot of detailers just say, I want to get here. And mm-hmm. I'm here and I need to do all these to get there uh, at this price point. A lot of detailers will actually restructure their business within like 90 days because oh, they'll be like, 100%. what I'm doing ain't going to get me there. Ain't going to get me there. Ain't going to get me there. And they'll make the change real fast within yep. 90 days, I believe. But yep. they don't want to sit down and be like, this is how, this is what it takes to get there. They, they don't want to yeah. do that. And that's once what you have to do. It's the hard facts. Hard yeah. facts, yeah. Hard facts. And, and you're not going to find that by asking, you know, the 14 year old on Facebook. It's uh, <laughs> to go back to that point. It's yeah. just not going to happen because his goals and visions are going to be different than yours. And he doesn't have the experience to, you know, have figured that out. But ultimately, even if even if it was someone that walked in your same shoes, exactly their wants and desires are going to be different than yours. So just take the time, sit down and do it figure out what you want. You know, you have a pretty good idea of the price of the things that you want. I'm sure, you know, like I, I'm looking at helicopters right now. I know that it's $289,000 for the one that I'm looking at. I know that exactly. It's not bad at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's four and a half years old, but still it's, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So yeah, the insurance though, that's where they get you. Well, sort of the insurance is 37,000 per year and the fuel. And the fuel. Yeah, that's, this is true, but you make that back because it's going to save me time. So it's, <laughs> All right. So for me, as I take a look and I, if I'm going to x-ray a company and I think of like, what makes one over the other, right? Where, mm. where does one continue to propel through their career versus others that I've seen? And I'm going to take a, a little bit of playbook off of, uh, off of Greg and how he's not getting somebody to show up. Like I, mm. I think that is a problem that happens for the people that don't eventually build it's because they don't show up and they don't follow up, right? Now, being a little late, that's different, right? A lot of us have shit going on, might be traffic, might be something going, right? Being late's one thing. If you're late, let them know, hey, I'm running a bit behind, be there soon, no problem. Mm-hmm. But when you don't ever show up for an appointment, I don't understand how people do that <laughs> and expect to think that, oh, it's okay, I'll just have more people later and I've already got some other people and. Listen, it doesn't work. If yeah. you don't show up for appointments, they eventually <laughs> stop coming. It seems very simple, right? But yeah. it's a thing that happens throughout a lot of people's careers until it's over. Because it's they just didn't show up for enough or they didn't follow up, right? Yeah. There's so many one-night stands that happen with no true follow-up for fully running a business so that I can mm. meet my customer, know them, understand yeah. who they are, get to that know their needs, the biggest tragedy and meet too. their needs, oh. right? So yeah. I'm going to go with showing up and following up. Yeah. If, if, if they'll do that, well, that's a big part of continuing throughout. Yeah. And you know, the reason oh, I've, I've actually done a lot of research about this and the reason people don't show up or they don't follow up, 
usually leads to like self-confidence. They're scared of the situation. They don't want to show up. They, they kind of just want to walk away from the situation and kind of forget about that. And uh, I've, on a lot of successful podcasts, true. Uh, I've, you know, I've, after even talking with a lot of people that are successful in life, I feel like the people that will be most successful in life that literally just go from nothing to millionaire are the people that really know how to say, I'm sorry. Are the people oh. that know, I'm sorry, I was late or I fucked up and I want to, I want to fix that problem and move past that. Right. Mm-hmm. The people that don't do that never get to the really high levels of things. And it's the same thing with like showing up late or not showing up or uh, not following up. Why didn't you follow up? Maybe you were scared they were going to say no or hang up the phone on you. You weren't confident with the situation. So people just got to gain confidence in the situation and just own it. Or say, sorry, I didn't true. follow up with you last week. I'm reaching out, you know? Um, That's true. I really like that. Uh, they really do. That's actually a really good follow-up technique in general. I think just calling someone and being like, hey, listen, I know it's been two weeks since your uh, last appointment, you know, but uh, sorry, I didn't follow up with you sooner. Sorry, we've been so busy. Yeah, we've <laughs> been yeah, really exactly. sorry about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, because a lot of people, they, this is something I've learned with customer service is, you know, a lot of people call Masterson's car care. And this is crazy. A lot of people call our business and it probably happens to other businesses as well. They call our business that they bought someone else's product like chemical dudes or armor wax or something, right? And they, they used it and they were dissatisfied with the product. And then they call us saying, I use this product. It fucking sucked. And they're, you know, chewing up one of our guys. And I tell all our guys the same way is that we actually have to apologize for someone else's else's fuck up sorry to hear that experience i I am very sorry that you had that experience with that product Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that we can change that to give you some better product or some better service and that's going to happen a lot of times with detailers people are going to call and say this other detailer they they screwed up my car they scratched my car they didn't show up on time and you as a detailer of business have to be like man i'm really sorry about that those dickheads Mm -hmm. and we're going to go we're going to do a better job it's, it's funny because i'm surprised most people don't just do that naturally because that's your biggest you've now become their ally like fuck man you've got a customer for life now it's because you know? a lot of people they don't they have a really hard time saying i'm sorry and and if, they, and if they have a hard time saying i'm sorry for something that they did there's no way they're going to do it for somebody else's company right yeah, yeah, but yeah. the people that do the companies that do they go well above and beyond and and they they seriously will say sorry. Like a good example, I know you've never eaten, or maybe you have In and Out Burger. In and Out Burgers in the news. It's almost big. as good as Whataburger. You're right. It, it's way better. But almost. but here's the thing: In and Out. If you have any bad experience with In and Out, doesn't even matter what it is. The restroom was dirty. You call their office. They will apologize to you over. They will tell the manager apologize to you. The supervisor yeah. apologize to you. They'll send you a gift card. That's amazing. They come back. We really just want you to come back and change Mm -hmm. that experience. And that's why they're such a great success. It's it's just, I believe, because of that. They almost have a good enough water burger. It's almost (laughs) as good. It's almost as good. Uh, Sean, that is a a thing that goes around through the U.S. is the fight over uh, in and out versus water Uh, here in the Midwest. So it is a a West Coast Midwest uh, argument that uh, will always continue on as the Whataburger continues its rampage. Of- <laughs> Whataburger <laughs> continues its reign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Sean, oh, I saw man. you were drinking. Uh, I uh, I thought this was pretty decent. Great Divide is a brewery out of Denver. Denver's nice. always a fun place to go visit. Uh, it is a 6.2, which I could tell towards the end. I was like, okay. It did seem to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of that booziness to it, which you don't okay. normally always find, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Fair. It was a fair Oktoberfest. What were you sipping on? Okay. Mojito. Yeah. Today's a mojito day. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. I got, I got Greg's approval on that one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and the big reason is because we just came from our cabin and uh, I picked all the fresh mint that we had there. So I was like, well, you know, I might as well make a mojito. And uh, so might that's, well. that's so, where I am. <laughs> so the real question is, is Sean and uh, our friend here, Marty, are they visiting SEMA 2021? No, no. Oh, it's too. It's already too. You're like, no. Well, I would love to. Next week. Love, yeah. I would love to invite you. It is next week. I'd love to. You know, too bad you guys should just get a plane and go out for the day, and we should do a live uh, video at you know some restaurant. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but I'm gonna go there for one day. I'll be there Wednesday and Thursday. That's it. And uh, yeah, maybe we can get dinner. I invite anybody who wants to hit me up. Grab dinner with me. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be an amazing thing. And they're saying that the masks yes. are required there under some regulation, but no vaccination card check. And if anybody's looking to go. Okay. You know, I'll check it out then. Cause uh, the big thing with us right now, we've got this whole border thing going on right now. Uh, but, you know, yeah. The border thing, you know, <laughs> costing a lot of money, that border it's losing. Uh, oh yeah. All right, guys, thanks so much for I... your time. Great words for the community. Appreciate everything. That community. You guys do. Really good. Community. Yeah, great guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Definitely. We'll be there. <laughs> <sighs>